Good morning and welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Glad to have you here today. We are doing a Sunday show because of my ongoing travel conflicts. But Rob, I think the travel conflicts are done for the foreseeable future. I'm going to be going to Denver a week from now, but I'll be traveling on a Sunday and coming back on a Friday. So um, I will be available to do Saturday shows, but you're getting ready to go on travel, right? Oh, not for a while though. So it's it's going to be towards the end of November. I'll be flying flying back to to Europe for a week. So, but yeah, it shouldn't be a big big change on my end. So we've got a guest today. That's unusual. So why don't you introduce our guest this morning? Well, um, our our guest is Chris. Cremosios? Is that the correct <laughs> way to pronounce it? I'm not exactly sure. I haven't heard it. I think it, Todd uh, was waiting for that too. It's a uh, Kremitzos. <laughs> Kremitzos. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I apologize for that. <laughs> Who's the uh, the organizer for um, Podfest Orlando or was it Podfest Multimedia Expo yep. in Orlando? Yeah. So I'm not sure I got that that name correct either <laughs> i i think i listed it on the uh on the show notes as podfest florida so <laughs> yeah, t- uh, yeah we had the technical name is uh podfest multimedia expo and we are holding it in orlando uh next year yeah awesome well <laughs> welcome to the show it's great to great to have you on i think uh you know it's our our normal thing to do is to have the the organizers on from the the major podcast conferences to to talk about the conferences and share it with the community and i think uh you know your your event is i think um i believe it's one of the, one of the majors that uh is coming on the scene uh, you seem to be gathering a lot of important speakers and it certainly is in a great location for that time of the year so um why don't you tell us a little bit more about it yeah, th- this event uh, started, it all started in uh, 2013, August 5th of 2013. I was at a meetup, and uh, Steve Cherubino, who's been podcasting for quite some time, uh, he had started PodNuts and uh, some different uh, Android App Addicts uh, podcasts. He shared about podcasting, and, uh, you know, I kind of I learned about it, and we started doing, uh, the next year we did two conferences, one in Tampa, one in Sarasota. We had a packed house, and that's when we kind of organized it, and it became Florida PodFest. So, you know, Todd, you're 100% right. That's what it was, and now it's transitioning, and it's uh, kind of it's, – it's third year with an official name, but we've been doing it now for four years, uh, PodFest Multimedia Expo, and, and the whole thing is community first. So our event has grown from within each and every year with just really great uh, podcasters and content creators. And that's why, uh, you know, you're hearing about it. One of our rules or one of the things we like to see is if we feature a speaker or have a speaker speak, they hang out for the entire conference. That way everybody could connect on the back end. And that's uh, that's kind of how we've uh, built it. And we found some pretty amazing podcasters from all over the world. Uh, there's one girl that we're getting that uh, the last place that she lived in was in China, but she's from Taiwan. And her name is Lily Wong. She has about 23 million downloads. She's been doing it for about two years, and uh, she's inspiring women all over China. It's pretty amazing. Never heard of her. So where's her show? What's her show about? Uh, The show is Fly with Lily, and she travels the world. She has a really amazing story where kind of caught her husband cheating on her, and she uh, was doing her podcast with him. Then she did it on her own, but she had no money. 
because uh, in China it's customary that the man has all the credit and she didn't even have credit cards and she basically put an ask out to her listeners hey I'll you know write you a quote or I'll send you something if you contribute money and she raised a thousand dollars in her first month and she never looked back now you know she's got some affiliate products English as a second language affiliate that she um, you know talks about and she's traveled the world really amazing uh, individual um, and right now she's in Spain uh, you know, I, I, on Facebook, if you follow her, she's always somewhere different. So pretty, pretty amazing podcaster. But on the multimedia side, which I think is really awesome, is I've been able to get people that have been on Shark Tank uh, talk about the impact their websites had uh, after being featured on uh, something like Shark Tank and kind of uh, the impact. Sometimes, you know, the impact's great. Other times it's not so good. So uh, we've actually have uh, three business owners that we found that have been uh, featured in some way, shape, or form on Shark Tank. That's kind of in our multimedia track. So we did that for the guys like uh, you, Todd, that pretty much have seen quite a few things. We want to add some curveballs. So uh, if you want to go see something different or see what's going on, we wanted to add some multimedia tracks to make it interesting for everybody. The challenge that we've seen in the past when we've, you know, I, I guess the thing I, and, and again, just as a, you know, having seen previous events, um, I would uh, be real careful in adding too many of those tracks because then it really diverses from the the podcast theme. We've seen that happen in past on other events, and then the the events no longer are a podcasting event; they're more a media or multimedia type of event. And, and Rob, do you remember? You know, we've seen that with some of the podcasts and stuff. Yeah, our um, yeah. our goal is eighty yeah. percent podcasting, oh. and then just having no more than twenty percent. On the multimedia side, because like you said, the, the niche here is podcast. Yeah. But we threw those just to, you know, hey, if someone wants to see what's going on there or like blogging and how that integrates with your podcast, but yep. that's a that's in the multimedia track. But we try and make them all, the, mo the majority of them pertain to podcasting. But I, I completely agree with you. Uh, the niche is podcasting. But uh, throwing something different in there helps too. Yeah, I think that it's uh, it's a – it's not a bad idea. It just, uh, I think the focus of it can get a little, little derailed. Um, but, but I think generally, I think if you look at the really successful podcasters out there, they're, they're ones that are multimedia. They, they are playing in a lot of different sandboxes. They're not just podcasting. They're, they're trying to get on other people's podcasts. They're trying to do video. They're trying to get, get, you know, other types of multimedia distribution too. So, I can certainly see a place for this because it is part of kind of like a like a bigger marketing strategy or a bigger kind of um, trying to play in a much bigger um, sandbox. You know, trying to play with uh, other other media and building some expertise over there too. Uh, I think can be really helpful in growing a podcast show as well. Well, I'll, I'll be honest, you guys pick some good dates this year because. Yeah. We're we're going to come down for for Podfest, and then we're going to do our annual meeting. We usually do our annual meeting in Chicago. <laughs> yes, our retreat. So we're going to do our team annual meeting uh, after your guys' show, and then um, then some of the guys are going to hang out for uh, Proclaim because Proclaim starts a few days after. It's like you know, like three days after something like that, and yeah. we're exhibiting at Proclaim as well. So uh, yeah, it works out perfect. We can uh, really kill three birds with one stone if that's a, a correct analogy <laughs> yeah we got um it's a it's a great time in florida i mean you know the weather is just perfect 
it's about a week before spring break because after that, quite honestly, uh, everything goes through the roof. I mean, the same hotel that we're getting right now, we were able to lock in 159 a night, which for the four-star resort like it is, it's going to be at 250 uh, around the same time because we locked in the, the room rates for everybody and uh, people could share rooms. Uh, but the it, it's a perfect time. After that, Florida, especially Orlando, the rates just go through the roof because it's it's the highest of high seasons. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're Todd, for, go ahead. Yeah, for those that don't know what the Proclaim um, event is, it's the National Religious Broadcasters Conference that's happening um, in that same time time window. In that's Orlando, pretty, right? Pretty big event. Yeah, yeah. pretty big event. There, there's yeah. like, uh, I think like 5,000 or, or so people people go go to that event from their, their religious community. And it's a lot of video creators, um, but there's a lot of audio and radio people that go to that event too. And the religious broadcasters are the largest segment in the podcasting community today. Yeah, so we'll end up... Uh... We've, this will be our second year uh, exhibiting there, and the um, I think what we found last year was that uh, you know if you have a you know if you're going through the AM FM dial and you're you hit a religious programming channel, uh, those folks, including anyone that does uh, religious broadcasting on TV, and then um, just you know literally thousands of church churches that do you know, they're live streaming of their, their, you know, their, uh, uh, sermons and stuff. They will be, that's kind of a group it is. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, um, interesting yeah. show. So, uh, but, uh, anywhere. So curiosity, what's the flow of that? Is it, was it a three day conference, two day conference? Oh, I think it's like, I think it's four think days. It's four. Yeah. I think four or five days. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a long one. It's not short. And do they yeah. bring in like a Joel Olstein type to talk about uh, uh, like a keynote or what what's the flow of the Yeah, they education? they've got lots of big names um yeah. you know people that you would expect in the and it's you know a lot of the same folks you're going to see at uh um at NAB because you know these guys have right. a you know they're huge. It's a huge category. Yeah, they have one yeah. of the I I went to NAB years ago and the worship section was one of the largest with the, with the best equipment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a it draws, I mean, like last year on the when I went to the event, they had um like all all the presidential candidates came in <laughs> if that wow. tells you anything. Um to speak to to the whole community there at that conference. Uh it was back in Nashville. Yeah. So um, it was a pretty, it was a pretty significant event I had to say, but, um, but given that that's down there right next to your event, yep. um, is really, really great too for those in the podcasting space that have been working with that event too. I mean, I think it was, uh, just Spreaker and Blueberry and Lipson that were in the, the, that particular event with a booth and so it makes a lot of sense to just come down there and stay for the whole yeah. week and do your conference and do that conference as well and i and hopefully there'll be some crossover there i know uh we've been trying to get panel sessions and content um at that conference and it's been a little tough to get because they they focus more on radio at that conference um, oh, interesting. so the podcasters that come into that event 
or the hosting platforms, which the, they're attracting kind of the three biggest out there. Um, and it's almost like they didn't even know what they had right. <laughs> at that conference. I mean, so I spent a lot of time talking to the the chairman or the president of the organization the last time I was down there and then talked talk to a lot of their vice presidents to to raise that topic. And actually at the keynote with the CEO of the NRB, he actually mentioned podcasting as the number one most significant opportunity for the Christian community to get get the word out. Um, so, so well, we'll it's, see what happens. they're doing a good job. They've got the biggest category by far. So, yeah. you know, it's and again and to be expected. But uh, anyway, so your guys' event is going to be two full days and then a pre, kind of a pre-evening thing, right? Uh, yeah, we have yeah we have some workshops on uh, the Thursday for people that are startups. They want to learn how to do podcasting and then the, the sheep podcast uh jessica and elsie will be putting on a uh, pod fusion kind of just teaching people if they want to learn the nuances of how to do an interview and an experiential training but uh really thursday night is when we kick off the event with the strategic alliance so everybody gets to meet each other uh at, we'll have round tables and we do this really cool thing where you know we make sure people connect and, and network and then uh friday full day saturday full day friday night we'll be premiering the uh documentary the messengers uh right now we're we're cutting it and uh, putting it together so we believe that everybody will be pleasantly surprised uh with the documentary so that's something that we're working on uh this entire month to make sure it's polished up yeah did you get to see the documentary that was put together it was presented at uh podcamp or at uh not at podcamp um yeah yeah yeah, I did actually. It was uh, it was in the niche of comedy podcasts. Yeah. Right. So this yeah. is more representative of the, uh, I think the general podcaster and the ones that just uh, you know they feel compelled. The comedians, um, there's a big section on that ab- about depression, and it kind of kind of took a left turn into yeah. that about twenty thirty minutes. The first twenty minutes was good. They they did a lot of great work and. You know, it's just hard to put a movie together, make sure all the moving pieces work. It's a lot of footage, and you just hope that it comes together. But I think we've we've been able to uh, capture a lot of that magic so far. I was a little disappointed in there uh, because it looked it was a lot self serving, and you know, I guess if you're doing a, you know, if you're funding the, well, I think they raise money too. They raised uh, one hundred fifty thousand, I think. Yeah, yeah. So they raised a decent amount of money. Yeah, so it was definitely though really you know tightly focused around uh, you know a small group of folks that are, were well known to each other, and I guess you know if they, if you're trying to put something together and that's the way it was, that's but bound to happen. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking for some references in there. Quite honestly, I didn't even understand what the heck they were talking about uh, because it was so internal, right? That they didn't even explain it to the outside audience. So what we're hoping to do is start off with you know what is a podcast, start off with you know how did it become popular, and then. And then go into the stories. We found a, a few individuals to follow their stories and and tell the story. And we want to make you laugh up front because podcasters are pretty funny. Um, and then we want to make you kind of feel inspired. And then at the end, we want to make you feel uplifted. Yes. Like, wow, this is an amazing yeah, thing that, that these people, what they're doing with their shows. It's just not them talking. They're reaching to people and making a difference in the world. So that's we're hoping to do that. And and, and honestly, my, my ultimate goal is if you watch that movie – um, let's say you're not a podcaster and you don't want a podcast, at least you'll get up off the couch and say, you know what, these people are doing something with their lives. I kind of want to do something with my life. 
and figure out what my voice is, if that makes sense. Because a lot of podcasters have found their voice and podcasting was the medium that, you know, they used to put their voice out there. So, Chris, what do you think your guys' uh, attendance numbers are going to be? That's always the big question, didn't you yeah, guys? we're going uh, to uh, – right now we're going to be somewhere around 500. Um, if we do really well, we might even jump over that, but I don't want to really overpromise. But we're going to be somewhere around 500. Um, That's huge. Yeah, one of the things I've tried to tell people, and this is something I'm just trying to create marketing around, some people have podcasts, but they don't understand how important it is to meet their peers that do podcasts, and I – I just, I almost lose my breath telling, I don't, I can't explain to you how important it is for you to network with other podcasters and get to know them and get, even though they're not in your niche, you just don't know what you could learn from your fellow podcaster. And they just, some people are siloed. They're doing well with their podcast and they're like, nah, you know, I'm good. And uh, I just try and explain to them the synergies I've seen when, when this community comes together with the right people, it just, it's, it's unstoppable. It really is inspiring to watch people connect, you know? Yep. You know, I think one thing we've always found is that um, the just the simple ability of um, this community, you know, the community feel in the early days, that's what really, you know, lifetime friendships were developed and, you know, those turns those turn into opportunities. Well, yeah, my goal, Todd, and, and I've said this to everybody, that, and, and Rob, you know this, is community first. I really... Um, I have a term for the people that grab and run. I call them crumb snatchers. Um, uh, my thing is, uh, Todd, you've you know you've put a lot of work into this community, and you've helped build the community. You're one of those uh, founding fathers, so to speak. It's people need to respect that and understand what you've done. So that's part of my job is to make sure to disseminate that, uh, to understand what Rob's done and the work that you've put in, because you, you know. You two are some of the people that laid the the foundation for what came after and what everybody's been doing. So I think people need to have an awareness and understanding of that. And uh, I want them to have a a mutual respect for the other, all the individuals, because so many new people are coming into it. So one of the rallying calls behind the scenes when we're talking is community first. Um, And and I I live it. That's what I do. So I'm really a big proponent. That's why the first thing we're doing Thursday night is connecting everybody in the room. I want people to know who's in the room. I just don't want people floating there and like, oh, there's Todd. I want them day two or day three saying, wow, Todd, it was great meeting you, uh, you know, just knowing who you are and giving you a hug because that's that's what makes it, like you said, that's what makes these things special. And in the beginning when it's just a few early adapters, you're so passionate, of course you bond, but as it gets bigger, uh, you need to create different kinds of things within a bigger event to create the connection and, and the flow. So that's that's my goal. That's what I do. That's what I've done for the last eight years. I've done about 1,500 events. I used to do a, a live TV show here locally in Tampa. Um, so I, I have a media background, but more than anything, I like connecting people and making sure that they create relationships. That's you know that's the glue that holds a community together. And oftentimes, Rob and I will laugh um, because we'll see something and we're like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> you know, and uh, it's... Um, it the space goes in cycles yep <laughs> you know and it's to be expected and people are going to come in and try to do um things again that maybe worked or maybe didn't work before and um it is always interesting to uh to watch the space and having been been here from the beginning but i think you know from the for the last couple of years i think we've been on a pretty good uh pretty good trend don't you think rob i, I don't see a lot of stupid stuff going on right now i i, I think it's pretty much leveled out and and people are creating content. I, I don't know. What do you think? 
Well, I think that there has been some um, some attempts to do things that have been tried multiple times in the past. Um, and it's always, you know, you kind of wonder if, well, maybe it'll work this time. Um, but, but there are, you know, if the old saying goes, um, yeah, if it's new to you, it must be new. And I think, uh, that's something that causes Todd and I, and I think we're, we're a little jaded in that because we've been around for so long that we've seen this stuff, um, come and go. Um, but I think we're, I also try to be very objective and think, well, maybe it didn't work in the past, but maybe the market has changed a little bit. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little open to looking at it, but, um, I think that's, that's the danger sometimes is that, um, folks don't learn from the past because they, they didn't have any involvement in the past. And I think a lot of the journalists that cover this space, oh. um, could, could actually learn from talking to s- some of the folks that have been around for a long time before they write some of the articles that they write. Um, and that gets back to doing research and, and, you know, reaching out to people. I mean, uh, most of the, the, like more community focused people that Chris, like you're talking about are very accessible, uh, uh, you know, like Todd and I and Rob Walsh and, and a whole bunch of others out there, are easy to find, easy to reach out to, easy to contact. And if the journalists just do some basic searching, they can, they, they, they they can don't find anymore. out that stuff. Basic searching doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, we're not hard to get a hold of if they need to bounce something off of. Um, but I also realize that, that for an industry like this to evolve and grow, there needs to be, new ideas come into it and people need to try things. So, you know, it's just kind of like Todd and I being like, Oh, here we go again. Um, we need to back off on that and just let people do what they need to do. And, but you're exactly right, Chris. I I think community is the big thing that Todd and I have been focused on since we started in this area. And I know for many years, um, I saw this podcast community start to fragment pretty significantly and there were sections of the podcasting space that didn't even know about the other parts, right? And didn't even care about the other parts. And I, I would being being that I worked, you know, on Zoom and things like that, I was trying to reach across all content genres and trying to be that glue that connects different, you know, like the comedians connecting with the the, the business and marketers or the sports people, and be that kind of like a, that common glue that can connect these communities together and and make sure that people on one side or the other uh, know others in the space and bring them like on this show and it's like bringing you on here Chris and and kind of connecting you up in your event with maybe a, a another set of podcasters out there that that and, maybe and I don't really know appreciate about. that just so you know thank you for putting yeah. me on the show and and you know inviting me on and and trying to also, as as we talk to other sectors of the community, whether it's the religious broadcasters or the comedians, to tell them about your your show and your event, and maybe that'll help grow your event. Because I know Todd and I both feel like we need to have probably two or three at least strong podcasting conferences uh, every year um, on the East Coast and on the West Coast to really reach this community as well. And I, I think too is, I think Rob's you know point about uh, fragmentation is still a lot, 
you know, there's still a lot of people that, uh, you know, the NPR, the public radio folks finally have kind of joined the party a little bit and having conversation with the community that, you know, that, that took, you know, it took 11 years for that to happen, for them to really kind of get engaged, um, on a regular basis. Um, you know, and then there's, you know, there's other groups too. So who, you know, who do we not see at some of these, uh, podcasting events now? Um, there's still segmentations of groups that don't come and, uh, and they, and they should, because some of those, some of those groups have some very successful shows and, um, you know, sh- we should have a voice and be able to share some of the things that they've done and, and given, give different perspectives. But, uh, uh, many times they're, um, you know, they just don't participate. Yeah. I had a conversation with, you know, Glenn, the geek, um, and he just celebrated his 5,000th episode. And one of the uh, places that we're reaching out to, um, he's just talking to, is the Magazine Association in that they're looking to place ads on podcasts. And he wants them to know that PodFest exists. So if they want to come learn more about podcasting, uh, he's actually created a – it took him years, but he's created a synergistic relationship with a a magazine in the equestrian sector. And they're actually um, buying ad space on his podcast network uh, just to help uh, bring in – you know some more advertisers to podcasters. Yeah. The advertising space is, uh, is exploding right now. The number of new vendors coming in is, is pretty remarkable. Um, you know, there's you know, probably the space is going to do a hundred, $150 million in advertising this year. Um, you know, the folks at uh, mid roll are, they're up NPRs up. Matter of fact, there's an article out about, uh, some increase in revenue and how they did it from NPR. So there, you know, there's the space is, uh, you know, it's taken a long time, but, uh, now it's flying. Yeah. But it, at the same point, there's a huge, 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 huge swaths of inventory that are not sold. You know, if, if many of the vendors are still focused on the big shows, but that inventory is mostly sold. So they're starting to have to look downstream a little bit, which, you know, is good for everybody. And yeah, we have and, a lot of, uh, uh, niche, uh, content creators beyond, that are showing uh, up just, like uh we have denicia hilton who has the holistic health uh she does uh, oh i'm sorry it's called uh her podcast called sisters of flow and she has menstrual mondays and flow fridays but it's it's very niche content and then we also have the nonprofit sector um steve uh, lee silverstein has the colon cancer podcast so he helps people with colon cancer so there's a lot of um my my goal is to get a really diverse group of podcasters. Uh, Kimberly Faulkner with the Balancing Point uh, Network. She talks to ballerinas and other classical dancers, and you know I could go on on. But we, we're 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 finding them and we're getting them into uh, Podfest because they have a unique story to tell. Go ahead, Rob. Uh, I think I forgot what I was going to ask, but um, (laughs) I don't know. It just comes and goes. Um, Yeah, I think that the the big thing about uh, bringing in these other, uh, you know, kind of these niche shows that I I, I think a lot of people don't realize exist and that that are becoming popular, I I think is part of that that trend towards trying to build uh, a stronger community because I think a lot of these shows – don't feel like that they they're they're involved or connected to anything from a community standpoint. I think that's the challenge. You know, I know it sounds like you're trying to help with that. And yeah, doing my best. And I'm, I think um, yeah, 
and I'm I getting comedians too now. I've gotten one. I'm trying yeah. to get a few more comedians to, uh, you know, be part of Podfest so we could have that well represented somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm not sure that there's a huge group of podcasters in in the southeast down there. I'm not sure if I don't. Um, you would know more than me. Is that a a fairly strong area with a lot of podcasts coming out of? Florida, yeah, Florida's. Uh, Pretty strong. Tampa has about a hundred plus because we've I've been raising them up since uh, 2013. We've been doing meetups. Uh, we have a, a meetup with 500 members, and we get about 30 to 50 every month showing up. So, and Glenn the Geek is a great sounding board. Um, South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale also has a strong showing. They do quarterly meetups. And they'll have flash mobs show up, so it could be 50 to 100 people depending, but very strong numbers. And then we have a small meetup in Orlando and one in Jacksonville that people do. And they pull anywhere from 10 to 15 people. But it's a very active space um, in the state. And it's it's getting even more active. But the challenge is, I think you guys both call it, some people are siloed in their home. And yeah. the goal is for me to try and find them through some uh, something, whether they hear a podcast, whether we put a Facebook ad out there. That's how I found Glenn the Geek. He was in Ocala and he saw an ad and... He showed up to the first uh, podcast a few years back, and you know he he enjoyed it so much that now he he helps us kind of organize it. So it's uh, been a real blessing. Yeah, it, it seems like it's been my kind of experience over the years because as I talk to um, uh, podcasters out there and I tell them about about these events, is that I get a sense that um, a lot of podcasters want to be invited to these things. Um, I don't know if it, if it's yes. Yes. What the psychology of it is, but that that's the impression that I got. Well, no, number one, a lot of them don't know about them, about these these particular events. And then secondary, it's almost like they they don't feel like they they're part of the community, so they don't think to go. Um, there's some financial restrictions and work restrictions that come into play too, because some of them either can't afford it or they they have work commitments that don't allow them to go to events like this. Um, so I think those are the other challenges too, but, but it just seems like, you know, my experience has been inviting people and, and the only way to do that is to have, you know, person to person contact with these folks. Yeah. One thing too, in, in, I, and I caution, you know, the folks that ran, you know, the other, other event in July, but, you know, having events that don't go into a weekend, if you are do, um, if you do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can yeah. almost guarantee that you can get more podcasters attendance because people will leave work Friday, fly out to the event, be there for Saturday and Sunday, then fly out Sunday afternoon where they haven't had to burn vacation time. Whereas if it's on a, if it crosses into a work day where they actually have to take vacation, it actually reduces the number of people that are, that can, they can go. Um, and you know, if, the mindset that I've always had on um, for podcasters is, is, you know, you've got independent podcasters. The majority of them are working nine to five. So, you know, let's say they only get 10 vacation days a, um, a, a year taking one vacation day to go to a podcasting event. They won't. Um, I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree with that because you, but then again, it depends what market you're going after. We're definitely going after the independents. Uh, some people go after more of a corporate market. It depends. But uh, my my yeah. niche is Friday, Saturday, Sunday we have it off. So people could go to yeah. Orlando with their families, do whatever they want to do. 
uh, enjoy the city and the sights, but uh, I couldn't agree with you more because people will take a Friday off, start their weekend early, you know, maybe mm-hmm. fly in Thursday night or whatnot, and then they have peace of mind. They're not worrying about, you know, losing work or the boss is upset that they just took three days off. So, yeah, I couldn't uh, agree with you more but on at, that. At the same point, many business people on the flip side will not attend an right. event over a Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> so you're damned yeah, if you damned if you don't, you know? I think that this is my opinion, obviously, uh, but I, I'm not 100% sure. But you do the I do the Thursday workshops for the beginners and then Friday, Saturday. Saturday, you know, especially since it's in Orlando, most people can go do something uh, Sunday all day. I've, I've been looking at the hotel stats. Pretty much everybody's going to be staying into Sunday uh, and doing stuff. A lot mm. of people flying out Monday. So, um, yeah, you're, you're spot on with that. And then, Rob, just to go back to your point, this is an interesting case study that happened to us last year. I asked all of our um, podcasters, friends, speakers, please tell your friends about PodFest. Pretty much everybody did except for one. And that one person then told me his one of the people that he's done podcasts with for years called him up about a week before the event. And he said, dude, I heard about PodFest. How come you didn't invite me? I would have bought a ticket had you told me about it. Now, the guy saw the the ads. He saw the promotion. But uh, had his friend, who was one of our speakers, invite him, he would have bought a ticket um, right then and there. So he wanted to be invited. So it felt like more of a community-based mm. event. So I've gotten that yeah. feedback, and I've seen that um, in real time actually happen. Yeah. I mean, it's a very personal thing. I mean, People, I mean, if you're going to be part of a community, you need to feel like you have some connection to that community before you're going to step into it. And and I think that's the challenge before all podcasters is to reach out to those podcasters that are in your community or in your niche and be that kind of ambassador in into the community. And I think that's that's a that's that's a challenge that all of us need to take on in our efforts here to 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 really build that connection to the other members of this community and not be so concerned about maybe competitive interests. You know, it's as I've traveled, I've been doing a lot of traveling and, um, spent, uh, last week in, um, in Columbus, I had one speaking engagement I had to go to. And, um, the, um, what I'm finding is that, um, the space is, uh, is really maturing and we're, we're at a point now where, um, you know, companies and individuals are, are asking, uh, um, very significant questions about how podcasting can change their business. Um, how it can. And of course, I think podcasters have already figured out a long time ago how it can affect themselves and their, their authority online. But, uh, you know, I was really kind of impressed with this group they spoke to, uh, earlier in the week and that, um, they, they were asking some really good questions. So it, it shows to me that the, um, the information that's being put out and the, um, the, the it, basically what folks are doing to educate themselves on podcast are, is really good. So I think as us as podcasters, when we go to these events, um, and take these, you know, take these, uh, these lessons from these uh, sessions away, that we, you know, we use that to help spread and build, uh, build the space. And, um, in, in a long round of way, I think we're all, you know, ambassadors to, um, the entire podcasting space. So I think that it's important, uh, that, um, as we, you know, again, as we go out and, and talk about the space that, uh, we do it correctly and not be passing out bad gouge. I, I know a lot of times I've, you know, in the past, 
Um, I've heard a lot of things come out of people's mouth. I'm like, where did you hear that? Um, that is diminishing, at least in this event that I went to this week. I, I, I didn't, no one had gotten any bad gouge. I, I felt pretty good about the, the information being shared. So how are you guys going about then picking your, your sessions that you're, you're doing for the event? Um, and, and what is the, I know you talked about having the multimedia part, but what is the scope then on the actual, uh, podcast sessions you're going to have? Yeah, the, there's four tracks total. So we have uh, monetization, audience building, technical, and uh, multimedia. So multimedia is just one small track of the major ones. So we have, uh, uh, you know, we have a track on uh, geo podcasting. We think that's going to be a huge trend uh, as we grow. People more geographically located mm-hmm. podcasting about their local area. That's one. We have people that have built networks. So how to build a network. Gary Leland will be on that panel. Um, as well as Glenn the Geek and a few others talking about kind of thinking larger. Some of these people uh, fall into a niche that's just primed to build out a network. And quite honestly, they've never even thought about how to do that. They don't even, they didn't think about, wow, I could actually build something bigger than what I already have. Um, so we have a lot of different things. Uh, we have Gabe Hobbs, who was the former uh, head of uh, Clear Channel Programming for 30 years. He actually gave some of the largest talk radio names uh, their start. He now is doubling down on podcasting i mean he loves podcasting he consults people like uh dennis miller is one of his clients and he talks about podcasting so he's going to talk about kind of the um the state of affairs of what he's seen in in radio and where he sees podcasting transitioning i've heard him talk it's pretty it's pretty amazing because he still has the stats that you know uh clear channel gets um and he he throws it down really really uh, well, when it comes down to the facts, and then we'll we'll have um, we'll have panels on uh, on quite a few things, and speakers on Facebook ads, driving traffic. There's one gentleman we're bringing in to talk about Facebook specifically. He owns a website, a, a Facebook page called Jews News. He has 1.5 million Jews on his Facebook page, largest news source, um, and he's getting into you know podcasting. But he's he's figured out how to make seven figures off of Facebook and then attracting that into all his other portals. So he's coming in from Israel. He actually grew up in Atlanta, but now he uh, pretty a cool story about him. Uh, when uh, they call him to place ads on Jews News, they ask him. He's usually in his bathrobe, uh, picks up the phone. They say, can you transfer me to the department that does your um you know, ad placement. He said, "Sure, hold on one second. <laughs> he'll he'll go brush his teeth, come back. Okay, how can I help you?" So, uh, cool stuff. But uh, a lot of different tracks on, and also how to be a better interviewer. Um, uh, quite quite a few things that'll uh, help people in their in their podcasting progress. Actually, I'll give me one second here. I will tell you. Let's see here, tracks. Uh, yeah, marketing your online content. Uh, we have a, a track about Audible, about audio courses, and kind of how to use what you do. <laughs> is, there. is Audible actually podcasting? <laughs> no, it's not. But it's something that podcasters that are active or have actually made some good money in it, um, and it's something that they've been talking about. So we thought really? it was important to put on there. Uh, booking great guests and being a great guest, uh, building a podcast power team, and knowing what questions to ask. Uh, you know, those are some of the panels um, on that. We have a podcasting uh, productivity panel made up of the top productivity podcasters. 
So that that just gives you a frame of reference. But if on podfest.us, we have the schedule all posted on at the very bottom. It has all the tracks all laid out. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I'm kind of reading through it right now. Yeah, our our goal is really to you know bring everybody together and learn from one another. And then the cool thing is, it's cool that we have a the the video version here. Because when we do, we just wrapped an event here locally. But when we do an event. We actually have what we call a treasure map. And on this treasure map, we'll put the, uh, let me see here, we'll put where the booths are. And then we'll have people um, go visit the booths. We ask each vendor to give us a question. So that way there's no awkward pause. Someone will ask you the question that you think <laughs> they could learn a lot from. And then, and then you know, you engage in a conversation, sign off. And then we'll have prizes to give away for them so that way we could just keep it moving and people could engage in dialogue. Sometimes people are just afraid to ask a question. They think that the uh, the vendor, you know, the vendor is there to answer and, and create relationships. So we, we created a way that uh, makes it kind of fun and, and they meet everybody. So it's, it's a lot of fun and they win a prize at, at the end of it. So uh, that's something that we've done that works really well. It's cool. I think, yeah. I think Mackenzie was asking me, about the prize when I was uh, in Columbus, I think we picked on picked something cool. So yeah, and then I'll announce that up on hey, you know, make sure to visit you know <clears throat> the Blueberry Booth. They got a really cool prize. When you know, go visit the vendors, get to know them. A lot of times, people are just afraid to go up and talk to a vendor because I'll ask them. They're like, oh, I don't want to be sold. I go, the vendors, they want to just talk to you and educate you and get to know you. So um, obviously, they want to do business, but you know, I think people miss opportunities when they don't visit the vendors because I've learned more information many times in the vendor hall than than in the breakout from the actual vendors. Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and to be from a vendor standpoint, <laughs> sure, we're there to wave the flag, but we definitely want to talk to people too. Absolutely. You know? Well, and if you want to, I mean, if you want to to find Todd and I, going to the booth is probably a pretty good place to go. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we're going to be spending a lot of time there. And, it, and it's hard for us at, these events to actually get out and mingle. Yeah. I never um, get to attend the sessions at all. I, you know, I, yeah. you know, I might get to attend one session during the event or if, you know, if I'm doing a session, but other than that, it's, uh, um, you know, I don't get to even set in. It's just because we're, you know, working the booth, but and once someone, someone asked in chat, um, is it going to be streamed live or will there be a, uh, ability for people to buy a, uh, a ticket of all the sessions afterwards, or that was a question in chat. Yeah, we're, we're um, I'm working with the AV uh, team. I'm meeting with them. We should, we will have a, a way to buy tickets, but we'll be streaming uh, live content, uh, selective live content through Spreaker. A couple of the uh, sessions will be streamed live um, selectively, and then we will have an option to buy the virtual uh, ticket right now. I just want to make sure I work with my AV team and have that all ironed out before we put that up there. Um, and have that straightened out before we start selling any of that stuff. So at this time, just audio only, no video. At this time, yeah. Okay. Until I uh, until I work out a deal with my video people. All right. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the schedule and trying to figure out what day I'm going to fly in. Um, you know, we kind of jumped on a little bit later on. You know, pl planning to attend your event, so I probably won't get into to uh, to Friday. And, uh, but oh, there's full sessions on Friday, isn't there? We'd love, we'd love to see oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. It actually starts Thursday morning. Yeah. 
Well, that's the yeah the startup sessions uh, Thursday night. Thursday night, yes, yeah, so I'll be there Thursday night. If you could be Thursday night, because you know it'd be great to announce that you're in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there Thursday night. Full table sessions there. Yeah, well, I'll be in there Thursday night. I, I couldn't remember what I had actually looked at, but now that I remember the schedule. I'll be in Thursday night. Get in. Well, I'm Thursday. excited to go up to your offices in December. I bought my plane ticket. I'm gonna go uh, see the team and yeah. That meetup, so I'm excited to go back uh, to Columbus, you know, great city. Yeah, it's too bad I wasn't going to be there. I just, uh, it, the way my schedule works, I, I can't be in town. I have to be in Denver, and and, and then I have a follow-on thing. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm moving. I'm doing a lot of travel at the end of the year, but it shows you that podcasting space is, is busy. I'm going into Denver and doing a three-day training session with uh, with a group and uh, keynoting their events. So it's... Uh, um, I'll be busy that, uh, that previous week, but then the following week I'm, I'm slammed again, but, um, that's just the way it is. That's what, but, uh, Angela and the team will take care of you. Yeah. Thursday, Thursday night for Podfest is the night I would, I would love for everybody to come in cause there won't be the, the only thing is it's going to be a meet and greet for everybody to meet each other. So sure. it won't be any education. It's just all of us getting to know each other, which I think is the most crucial thing to start the event off. And carry those connections forward. You want the number one piece of advice for an evening event? I, I would love <laughs> no, that. No music. No music. <laughs> or very low, uh, uh, low, low music. <laughs> so what do you mean? The people have like a meet and greet and they're just blasting music out? Most of the podcast events, it just, it's been the history of podcasting. And the evening yeah. events, you go to a something, you know, maybe it's the pre-event. Or maybe it's the you know it's a first day after evening event. You go into the venue and they're they've got 180 decibels and you're yelling to talk to someone. So, um, you know, on your on your six to nine, if you're going to have entertainment in there, that's cool. But um, if we can't talk in a normal voice and hear each other, it sucks. Well, I I will tell you, no, that's uh, that advice. I'm half deaf, so I only have one output. This one right here. So when there's music in a room, I can't hear anything because it takes up my one output. Right. Uh, so when we do the Thursday night, just so you, you both know, it's it's orchestrated. Like we have round tables. People sit at the round tables. We create questions to trigger conversations. It's, uh, it's a whole thing. So there won't be music. That's really yeah. – um, I'm with you on that. It's really time to get to know each other. So I appreciate you guys entrusting me with it. But you'll see what we've developed um, that really works well. I, it took me 10 iterations to get it right, and I actually had an actuary help me figure out a numbering system where everybody could um, hearing was the number one issue. Cause if yeah. you have everybody talking at the same time, you can't hear. So we created a round table format where one person talks out of seven per round table. So that way all the talking actually could drown out everybody as well. So we've, we've, we've done some science to it. So I'm excited about getting everybody together and, and everybody getting to meet each other at Podfest. Yeah. It's also a factor of, um, of noise around you too, um, just yep. from other people talking. If the acoustics in the room is is poor, it kind of forces people to strain their voices. And what we found in the past is that if you're doing an event in a very um, closed-in space, um, and the acoustics in there, it can just the voice of a hundred people talking at the same time Absolutely. can create that same kind of feel. Yeah. Yeah, it could drown out everybody. So no, Todd's uh, Todd's feedback is a hundred percent. If you can't hear someone, what good is everybody? You know, yeah. What, what good are yeah. we all in the room if we can't hear ourselves yeah. over the music? <laughs> and you know, and, and parties are one thing, but at the same time, they're all from for you know. I go to trade shows, 
and go to events for the networking. You know, doing the booth is cool and we meet customers, but uh, the after events and uh, grin and grip and talk and shop and sharing stories to meet in the hallway discussions, that's where, you know, where the absolute value is for, for any event. And, uh, you know, the real business really does get done in the hallways and the, in the evening events. So um, making those connections, friends and stuff like that, that is, and having an environment that's conducive to doing it, um, it, it is good. So, um, yeah. that's, listen, that's one of our value propositions. It's all about, uh, education, collaboration, which is the connections and community building. Those are the three things that we focus on, but you're right. What keeps people coming back to, let's say a great conference is not necessarily the education. It's the connections that they make year in and year out. And that's, if you're not focused on yeah. that for anyone listening, if you're doing events, if you're not listening to what Todd just said, then you're missing the mark because you could have the best speaker in the world. Mm-hmm. They're coming back for the connections made in the room, not not what your mm-hmm. speaker is saying. You want yeah. great speakers, but it's the connections that keep people coming back. Yeah, and it's especially hard the larger the event gets. Um, you know, you look at podcast movement, and it's kind of reached that size where, you know, it's like what happened to me at the last podcast movement is there, there's a lot of people I just didn't see yeah. at the event because the event has gotten so large. And then when I go to a smaller event that maybe has a hundred to 200 people at it, uh, you can really meet everybody there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a difficult balance that you're trying to walk. I think at the 500 person level, I think you're, you're challenged to try and, um, you know, enable everyone to be able to, to meet or, be exposed to everybody else. I think it's a challenge. Yeah, not, not everybody's going to meet everybody, but what you do, because I've done this locally up to 500. I don't know past 500, but I know I could do up to 500. Uh, yeah. What you do is kind of what we're doing, that strategic alliance where everybody meets one another. Uh, people have to bring about 100 business cards because they'll go through them because um, they'll meet a lot of people. But you start that connection and then you have to have people like yourselves, you know, like uh, that know people that feel free to connect others. And then you're going to have to, the community builds the rest. Yep. The only way you could succeed as you get bigger is if you always focus on your core community. The moment you forget your core community, whoever those people are, and you turn your back on them, that's when the connectivity starts to dissipate when it gets bigger. So our goal is to keep building the community and make sure that people know that we uh, – I mean I, I'm always proud when someone says, hey, you can't do that here. When I'm not around, they'll tell some other other attendee, you can't do that here. They're like, why? Because that's not the culture of this community. And that's that's when you know you've done I've, – I've heard that locally where I've hmm. done it. One of my sponsors said, hey, stop stop talking to people the way you're talking to them. They're like, why? Because this is not the right culture for you to do it in. When you start carrying that with the attendees and they kind of know what's expected, then you could bleed it all the way up to uh, 500 people. And I, I would assume it would still keep growing. But it does get harder. It just you have to make sure you follow your core, the people that built that community. You can't forget them. The moment you forget them is when things start to dissipate when it gets bigger. And that's kind of what I've seen. And one thing, too, is that the, um, you know, people have a tendency to group up and people that they know and hang out. And that's cool. Um, the hardest part really is that, you know, reaching over and say, hey, I'm I'm Todd and, and this is, you know, this is my podcast. And, and what do you do? You know, that's the challenge a lot of folks have is in, and because they do group up in their, you know, like people that they've, uh, you know, associated with in podcasting or maybe people that they're co-hosting with. Um, it's real easy. So you just, you know, you have to like force yourself to, um, you know, to, to go and do a reach out to someone else. And if you don't, you, you're going to lose a lot of value from, 
from coming to an event. Yeah, you got to, I call it graduating classes. Everybody comes from a graduating class and then the different classes are there and you got to break the, yep. the cross flow of the graduating classes. But, um, yeah, it's all important feedback and we'll have, uh, uh, some small exercises in most of the breakouts to make sure someone meets someone new. So as we keep going, people will meet a cross flow of people. That's honestly, guys, that's the one thing I get paranoid about with events like this is that people meet the right connections in the room. Because like you said, you could be sitting next to the person that is the perfect connection for you and never yep. uh, like a year later connect like, oh, I was there. Yeah, actually, we were sitting next to each other, but we didn't talk. <laughs> right, right. But- so I wanted to m- mention, too, one thing that I've I've noticed about your event that's um, that's different than like podcast movement. And 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 I think it's consistent, I guess, w- with other other events is that you're very um focus on the independent podcaster i don't see involvement on on the part of the the major networks out there or public radio um and was just wondering if if that is your focus of trying to focus on independent creators and are you reaching out to any of you know like the panoplies and the gimlets or the or the public radio people uh, what's your what's your thought on that? I'm sure you would welcome them, but what is your thought about? Them, but my, their I'll tell you my thought. I think the podcast movement does a really great job with that market segment. Our segment is the beginner to independent, and okay. uh, I want speakers that. And I can't stress this enough because community first is our involvement. We want speakers that will not only stay but connect with the attendees and okay. see themselves as one of the attendees. So. Uh, we're kind of making concerted effort just to um, feature the independents. Right. I, I think that's okay. our niche, and that's kind of that. Honestly, for me, it fulfills me a lot to see beginners get started, and independents to get connected to other independents and get the information they need to actually start monetizing or, you know, making a living at what they're doing, especially when they have huge audiences under their nose. So that's kind of what gives me the most um, pleasure. Uh, so. That's where we're focused, and and that's why you see all our marketing is the independent, the beginner, the change maker. Uh, if you read the about us, you know I wrote a whole uh, letter, basically how it all started, why I do what I do, um, and that's what that's what keeps me mo- motivated. I mean, it's great to have the bigger networks, but uh, a lot of times you don't see their their broadcasters. I don't think see themselves as an independent, so they don't connect at the same level. If that makes sense, it does. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'll leave it at that. I, I just don't. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll see someone talk to me like, "Well, I'm really busy. Maybe talk to Agnes and she'll help connect you to me." And I don't see that. I'll see. Uh, you know, that's they don't know who's in the room. It could be someone that started, like you know, Todd's in the room, and he. If it wasn't for Todd, that brought that independent, that you know, whatever professional guy wouldn't be around. So it just for me, I just want people that respect who's in the room and kind of connect with each other. And I'd like to have people check their egos at the door because it makes yeah. a big difference. Huge. The connectivity in the room. Yeah, and there's boy. There are some. You know, let's be honest. We're uh, most podcasters are Type A personalities, so um, there's plenty of ego to go around. <laughs> well, and this is what I'll tell both of you is I, I've gone to so I've done about 1,500 events. That's what I do for a living. I do it really, really well. I've gone to other guys that do events at a podcasting event, like they they're promoters. Uh, non-related, just total different guys that happened to be there. I'm like, hey, we should connect. They looked at me and just walked away. Wow. Now, 
you know, it doesn't leave you with the warm and fuzzy feeling. So I think if we could, and I, I mean, it's like, okay, you know, and we could have done business. I could tell you right now, we could have done really good business because I have their, this one uh, promoter, this is in the business niche. I have a local business community. They would have made a decent amount of money had they engaged in the conversation. But they looked at me as, I don't know who you are. You're probably not worth my time. You're in shorts and a t-shirt. I'll walk away. (laughs) So, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff I don't want someone coming to my event. And having that feeling that someone just walked away because they didn't, because you never know who's in the room. That's so many right. people are, are the greatest experts in their subject matter. You don't know yep. who they are. Yeah. So I kind of want to have that kind of environment where people want to engage and not say, "Well, if I don't know you, I'm not talking to you." Yeah, that reminds me of a story of a guy that I used to know who got an insurance settlement after being hit broadside with a, on a moped, and he was in still pretty bad shape, but he had uh, 16 million dollars in the bank. He went to buy a car, and the uh, the dealer looked at him and gave him the nose because he thought he wasn't worthy of buying a vehicle. So that, you know, it's, it's that type of, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what we want to, um, avoid. Yeah. So what we do is we focus on the right people. And Rob, what I do is if someone connects me to someone say, Hey, you you should talk to them. I will text them, email them, whether they respond back or not, you know, that's up to them, but I will reach out to them or any way I can. So that's, uh, that's my job to, uh, connect them and nurture them and, and nurture that relationship. So that's what I do really well. Hey, aside, I think that, go ahead, Rob. I was just going to mention that the, the other growing um, section of this podcast community um, is, is people that are involved in this medium now that um, are not podcasters. They're, they're Correct. business people, they're marketing people, they're maybe PR people um, that they're programming people, you know, coding folks um that that aren't necessarily involved directly as you know what i call kind of more talent um that are involved in this space too and and if i look at your your speaker list and who you're appealing to you're um it's probably not going to be an event that uh, people that aren't podcasting are going to want to necessarily attend because it's they're not podcasters um so, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Todd and I have talked about this a lot, about how many new people have gotten into the space that are not podcasters, um, and it, which is fine. But, it, I mean, it's a sign of maturity for the space, really. But it also presents a challenge around community, too. It does. Well, just, you know, key in point, uh, and this is, you know, not kind of it, – it's a little off topic, but last week we had a – a podcaster that came to us that wanted us to migrate him off another platform. And when we went to look at the, you know, to migrate him, we couldn't be, well, we initially couldn't because the, the podcasting company, every time we uploaded a media file, renamed the file to the exact same file name. And, uh, so migrating this guy off was, uh, was difficult. We had to make a, you know, custom coding solution to get him migrated. But what that particular hosting company they're not involved in the space at all they don't talk in the space they well they're in the press but they don't participate in the community so um you know if 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 we had seen this earlier we could have said hey you know this is maybe not a best practice for you um so what do we have to do we had to code around them so um you've got again like rob said a lot of companies come to this space that are podcasting but they don't actually podcast um, and I, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about that. I don't necessarily agree with Rob that it's good for the space. I, I think it's, uh, 
uh, you've got suits and I, I'm concerned about suits in the space and, uh, you know, and causing issues like cause with this one podcaster. But, um, anyway, just as a side note, uh, yesterday when I was flying back, I walked into the, uh, Chicago, I was landed in Chicago from Columbus and went into the United uh, lounge and I sat down and I'm looking across the table and I'm like, that looks like was. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, that's gotta be Steve Wozniak. And I was just, you know, you, and I met Steve three or four years ago, but you you just, there's a lot of people that look like a lot of people. And, yeah. uh, so, you know, real quickly I got on Twitter and I looked Waz's, um, tweets up recent tweets and sure enough, he was in Chicago. So <laughs> I said to him, I said, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Waz, nice to see you here. And so him and I talked for about 25 minutes yesterday at, uh, at the United lounge. So, so it um, was him. It was, yeah. Awesome. So you know, fuck the Steve Jobs, right back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and I actually told him I think that. That's one of the coolest stories. Yeah, I actually told him that story, and he looked at me kind of like, didn't know if he should believe me or not. <laughs> it's okay, you know. He he run. I'm sure thousands of people try to, uh, you know, tell stuff to uh, to Waz, but uh, you know, we were talking about Raspberry Pi, talking about the new Mac Bear, a uh, new the new Mac Pro, and the disappointment with some of the stuff that it's, you know, from its uh. Uh, roll out and you know and he, he had some critical things to say about apple yeah. i was like whoa you know so uh, <laughs> it's it was kind of a fun time and uh i wish i could have recorded it because there was a couple yeah. of doozies in there that i'd be like man i'd like to i'd like to report that but uh now we had a good conversation That's did awesome. you guys talk at all about podcasting i did and you know i he didn't really you know i i told him who i was and uh what i did and and uh you know how we work with the podcasting community and i just really didn't get no interest he's i think right now he's heavily into doing home automation stuff and uh so that's what he was you know he was talking a lot about and internet connectivity you know he doesn't have uh up until about a year ago he did not have broadband in his house where he lives in Palo alto so he has uh recently put in a a point-to-point system that uh, allows him to get like 10 megs, and uh, but uh, yeah, Old school, huh? yeah, some area that he lived in just didn't, you know, in of all places, Palto didn't have internet service. He says he's just in like a he's with a very small regional telephone company that you know it's uh, one of those surviving uh, you know telcos, and they just are really old-fashioned and haven't invested in the space so anyway we we're talking a little bit about that but uh you know you just never know who you're going to run into and uh i just wouldn't have expected him to have been in the united lounge but you know there were a couple of people came after i said something a couple of people come up and asked for pictures um and then one guy came up and said don't trust him he pointed at me and i'm like i'm not trying to sell anything i we're just just talking did, did the guy know you or he's messing no around? he was just messing around i told him i said i'm I don't have, I'm not looking for investment. <laughs> now, is he a keynote speaker? Is that kind of what he does full time? He goes around and talks at events. Yeah. And he teaches, um, uh, well, maybe he doesn't teach anymore, but he was teaching high school classes and he, he's, he's an interesting dude. Yeah. I would imagine that's, yeah, that, I wish you had the recording. I would have loved yeah, to. Yeah. It would have been great, but you know, it's, it was awkward enough. Inter- he was right. Yeah. In- kind of impersonal. Do you mind if I record this? <laughs> yeah, you know, and he, he, that that probably ended the conversation. But uh, um, I had met him at a um, 
oh, what's Tony's last name? The shoe guy, Vegas. Uh, Tony Shea. Yeah. Tony what? Shea. Is it Shea? Yeah. The, what? Was, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And I met him at yeah. one of his uh, uh, events in the past. And, uh, uh, of course, you know, Waz has got, he says he's got some sort of a condition where, uh, and he named it, I never heard of it before, but he can't remember faces. So, um, anyway, that, anyway, it was cool. I don't think I've ever run into anyone that cool at uh, at a lounge. No, play. you know, you, you know, and I and I and I just I didn't even I didn't even do it on purpose. I just, as a matter of fact, the place was packed. It was full. There wasn't a seat in the place, and I don't remember like sitting at a counter. And I rolled up and sat at a counter. And I looked around and just kind of like, that looks like was, you know. <laughs> so now you have you are one of the few people on this earth that could say you've talked to Steve Jobs and and Wozniak, both founders of Apple. That's pretty yeah. cool. And I actually talked to Trump once too. That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Once you say his name, you polarize the audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. it was when it, what happened with Trump was the um, there were some guys that had been on the Apprentice that wanted to do Apprentice boot camp, and uh, they had called us. There were a couple of people that had been on one of the early seasons, season one or season two. So this is a long time ago, and. Um, the uh, I told these guys, I said, you can't do this show without getting, you know, sign off. You know, they own the copyright and, you know, you can't use a you can't do apprentice boot camp uh, as a podcast without getting, uh, you know, Trump to sign off. Oh, we'll, we'll talk to Donald. We'll get him to sign off. And I'm like, OK. And I'm like, right. Right. It was like a week later. And uh, uh, he called me and I'm like. I was talking with so and so and so and so, and they want to do something. This and it was. It, I didn't even say a word. It was just like, okay, 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 okay. Uh, all right, your people contact. Okay, okay. And it was that was there was really no two way conversation. He just like, and it probably lasted five minutes. He was just like, we're gonna get this thing up. They want to do this. It's a great idea. This podcasting thing's taking off. Blah 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 blah. And it was that was the end of the conversation. So it really wasn't <laughs> he you, it wasn't like a handler said hey todd we have uh donald trump online it was just him directly uh boy so long ago i think i think it was oh i think it was him directly wow it, there may have been a handler again it's been i'll have to go back and and listen to the original show i don't know if there was someone that, that called one one of the calls was a handler either steve jobs's call was a handler or Trump's was one of the two. There was a handler on one of those, but uh, um, yeah. Well, you know, Trump does like Twitter and Facebook, so he gets technology. Uh, so obviously, uh, yeah, this he was, was the podcasting way back when. This was before Twitter, so it was early. Yeah, yeah. So he saw the trend. Yeah, but uh, Chris, uh, why don't you tell us about the the Pazzies Awards that you're doing? Oh, the Pazzies, Yes, the Pazzies are. So uh, in order not to take ourselves too seriously, because like Todd said, the ego sometimes with podcasting, we want to have some fun with an award show. So uh, I'm going to take a look at this. Um, we nominate some people that we've heard great stories. I mean, Todd has a really great story. So we nominate, we self-nominated, I self-nominated him for the Steve Jobs story because I just <laughs> think that's a pretty amazing story. Um, that's, I think, on most people's bucket list. If you ask them, who's someone you'd love to have lunch with or talk to? It would be 90% would have Steve Jobs listed if you gave him three choices. Uh, but the uh, Pazzies, we have different categories. Most awkward interview moment. 
funniest moment, most embarrassing moment, pets, best pet sidekick. Uh, Dave Jackson has Bernie in there. Uh, worst question I ever asked because of my podcast, dot, dot, dot. Best intro, best outro, best catchphrase, best rant, uh, best blooper, and best play on words. So we'll see what we come up with. Uh, we're not taking it too seriously. People could pretty much nominate themselves for it. And then we'll review. We'll have, you know, just a few people. You know, we're, we're assuming that the obvious ones will, will will be pretty obvious which ones are pretty interesting. And then we're going to award uh, Pazzies. We, we haven't figured out what would be a Pazzy, but we'll figure it out. Maybe a, <laughs> a, mi- a microphone that doesn't work or something, you know. That's funny. I got a yeah, few we, of those we, laying around here. They're busted up. So we could all laugh and not take ourselves <laughs> too seriously. So are you looking for someone to like uh, cut out from one of their episodes and upload it to you? Yeah, or well, they could looking... either do that or just uh, email us the link to the episode and tell us what time code to listen in, and then we could do that. But, yeah, we're, we're looking for people to um, submit their own stuff if they want to be highlighted. You have to be there. In order to accept the pass, you have to be in the room. So you can't uh, you know, nominate yourself and not show up. So you have to be in the room. Smart. And then uh, we'll be given – we're not going to do like a separate award show. It'll just be in between breaks so we could have a good laugh as we set up a different speaker, bring up a PASI recipient, play their audio clip. Um, and, you know, if uh, beginners are watching us poke fun of ourselves, they'll, they'll say to themselves, you know what? This Some people take it way too seriously and they don't even start. So that's kind of – I want to demystify that. At least let them start so they can see what it's like. Too many people don't start even though they want to do it. Oh, you know, I, I was talking to someone in – he he's was at his third like podcasting event and he still hadn't started his show. He loves the idea, but it just blows me away. And I know one guy had like forty in the can and still hadn't released his show. I I don't know. If, I don't. There's you know if there's self doubt or or if yeah, there's I think so. yeah. It's sad. You know they they probably got a great story to tell. And we also have other, by the way, so you can nominate yourself for something we don't have here that you think everybody get a kick. A kick. So we figured, hey, there's got to be something we didn't think of. Someone say, hey, I want to be in the other category. And then literally they will win the podcast for the category called Other. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, funny. You know, it's just we want to have some fun with it. So as you think about your, your After Hours event, uh, are you going to be working with the – the Disney World kind of venues at all? I mean, from the standpoint of where you're having these after-hours events, or are you going to stay in the hotel? What What's your, kind of your philosophy we, on that? We were looking into the Disney stuff, but it gets so busy. I mean, when I tell you there's nothing that's not busy uh, anywhere around Disney World um, yeah. that it would be a, a big mess, and the resort we're staying at is so big that we're going to keep it all in-house so that way the connections could get made because um, – there's we'll just move people around the resort because the resort has a 1200 rooms uh the resort has a 20 you know 24 hour kitchen cafeteria i mean the resort has everything there so we're going to create our own um after parties in different conference rooms uh you know and set them up for everybody to meet uh we might have a really late after hours maybe like at a splitsville which is kind of like a disco bowling alley or you know dave and busters i'm still looking into that but uh, we have a feeling that the resort has everything to offer and we could make more connections if we all stay on the resort property. And then on Sunday, people could go off and do what they want to do. So that's kind of we're, we're probably leaning on staying on the resort because it has so many. Uh, the Caribe Royale is just ginormous. It's a beautiful resort. 
Yeah, it's, if you can keep everyone there and not have to bus them someplace. Yeah, um, yeah that, you do that, you lose yeah, people, people yep. go up to their room. So we're yep. going to try and keep it, only because the resorts, if it wasn't such a beautiful, robust resort, then yeah, we'd say, okay, let's figure something out. But the resort has everything, it has multiple bar areas, it has a coffee shop, it has, you know, uh, a, a four a four diamond or five diamond steakhouse, believe it or not. Wow. So it's got it's got a little bit of everything for everybody, so we're not moving people off the resort at this point. Yeah, we're. Uh, I, I think we're staying right there. We're gonna rent one of their cabanas or something like that, and do their. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where we're gonna do our retreat. So, uh, do me a favor, mention Podfest, and let me know if they give you a break. If not, I'll call them up because okay. they've given us a great break on the room. Yeah, and I'll say, hey, what are you giving our people for the cabana? So, tell me what you get quoted. Let me see if I could get you a better price. All right, I'll let you know that. Yeah, Mackenzie's handling all the booking, but uh, yeah, we figured we just stay there easy so we should uh talk about um if a podcaster wants to attend what their options are around tickets and what they yeah, can, we have, they um, can do the, i know the best option i recommend a, yeah yeah is the three-day pass um it's 347 dollars. if they use the code early bird one word right now um they'll get a discount where it'll come out to 270 total uh, the two-day pass is Friday, Saturday. It's $299. Right now, we don't have any discounts for it, um, and it includes uh, every all day, uh, Friday and Saturday. That video is having trouble coming up. Huh? And then um, Thursday, it's a three-day pass or two-day pass, uh, and if someone doesn't want to do either, they could literally buy the startup workshop individually. So what I would recommend is get the three-day pass, Use the code early bird, one word, all lowercase, and uh, get registered and, and get in because uh, the prices are going to be going up as we move closer to the event. Well, I think that uh, you're on track to having easy the second largest event in the podcasting space. And I like that there's a decent time separation, uh, you know, between the, uh, between the other events. So uh, I think you're going to, yeah, I would imagine your, your event's probably going to grow. Um, so um, it'll be interesting to see things. How you know how? Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if you pull in six hundred people. I, I wouldn't be I, surprised at all. But Todd, uh, my thing is I I'm very collaborative. So I help any other regional events that need help. I love um, you know I'll go up there whatever I can do. Uh, so I come from a more collaborative space. So I like seeing everybody doing well together. And then um, I look at this as a privilege, so I don't take this for granted because it's not—it's not the other way around. And let yep. me tell you, because the moment I think that, then I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to be in this business. I look at it as a privilege that people entrust me with their time away from their families to connect at this conference. So I, I take that very seriously, and and I mean it. My wife knows that all the time. I'm so grateful for what I do, but the moment I forget that it's a privilege, I won't be—I can't. You're not in the promotion business because you can't forget where you came from. Right. Rob, we're already at 90 minutes. Oh, I know. It's it's amazing how time flies on this. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. There was, um, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just thinking, is there anything else, Todd? That, oh, um, we should get you to talk a little bit about The Messengers, the documentary. I know why we have you on the, on, on the call here. Um, yeah, there may be yeah. people out there that don't know about it. Yeah, so we um, – we went around and, and filmed people like Danny Pena, who has uh, Gamertag Radio. Uh, we have uh, 
Glenn the Geek with the Horse Radio Network, and, and then we also were able to interview Dave Jackson and a lot of different characters in the space. Um, unfortunately, I would love to have the two of you, but ge geography actually plays a role in, in filming. So what we're doing now is we're, we're editing it. We're going to see what spots we have open to see what last minute we could we could fill up. But we will be premiering. The first time anyone will ever see this movie will be in front of the audience that helped create it at PodFest on Friday night, 7 p.m. And all the attend, it'll be, um, you know, dress, dress to impress. We'll have little Oscar statuettes, a red carpet. Uh, Dave Jackson's going to do some emceeing, so he, it'll be, you know, facilitated correctly. And we're, we're really hoping that uh, people will be inspired of what this community has created. So it's, it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. We've, we've traveled quite a bit uh, in the summertime. Most of our wives didn't know us because we were traveling from one place to the next. But now we're just happy to be editing it. And uh, if someone wants to learn more about it, they could go to the messengersdocdoc.com or they could go to um, PodFest page, podfest.us, and there's a tab for the messengers. We have a video. It was a, We were able to crowdfund 110%, which helped me fund about 50% of the movie. And I funded the rest. So it's a, it's an exciting time to have a movie to bring everybody together on Friday night to celebrate, you know, kind of the experience of podcasting, why people do podcasting. That's how we came up with the messengers. We, we believe that podcasters at their core are messengers and they have a message that they carry out to their audience. So are you working at all to try and get uh, maybe some additional distribution of that? Or what's the, the overall distribution strategy that you're going to take with this? We've been offered um, limited theater distribution for um, like they, they, they rent overage in the, in the theaters and then people bring their audiences. So quite honestly, the best way to do it is iTunes, <laughs> get people to download the movie, get it ranked to number one, and then everybody else will start paying attention to you. And uh, so we're going full digital distribution and then we'll have press releases and hopefully we're hoping that it goes into Netflix to really showcase this community. And when you go to Netflix, you don't make money. You basically lose any money you were going to make, but it's worthy mm -hmm. of the eyeballs and people watching it. Cause Netflix will usually lowballs you. It gives you about 15 to 20,000 for your movie. But if they put it in their directory, you're talking about millions of people get to see podcasting. And that's why we did this. We want it to be, we want it to impact people. So first month will be digital distribution. And then we're hoping to get Netflix's, um, eyeballs on us and then hopefully they pick it up and then we want to do a series we want to do more we actually want to do one additional to capture all the other creatives that help create this community and with a different spin but we're just putting all our eggs on the first one so we make sure it's a hit and then right. we go from there i it's i can't imagine the work it's doing any any project like that it's just a massive massive amount of like work um, yeah, right now we have a terabyte of video that we have to go through and we're clipping out and then we have to, it's almost like a puzzle piece. Yep. Like, okay, where, where does this clip go with this clip? And you start creating little puzzles and then you try and connect it together. So it's, it's a ginormous volume amount of work. Uh, but it's luckily we have a lot of great stuff. So we're really, you know, blessed when it comes to that. That's cool. Well, so, look for it. Go ahead, Rob. So have you ever... Have you talked to any um, people at like HBO or any of these um, kind of these um, networks that are are focused on documentaries? Is there, is there been any discussion with uh, those type of premium channels or cable channels or anything like that? No, usually you go to NAPTI is where you go pitch those. Um, yeah. I have not done that. Uh, honestly, from what I've been learning, you just you, you go uh, – 
if you can, and, and I think we can in this case because of the podcasting community, you distribute it directly through digital download and then they'll come calling mm-hmm. uh, much quicker mm-hmm. than if I go through those channels. Unless you have a contact route, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all, I'm all ear, as I always say. I can, I could, I think I know somebody that might be able to point you in the right direction. So. That would be awesome. Yeah, just send me the intro. I appreciate that. Okay. Okay. Well, folks, we're we're here at uh, at the end of the show, and we want you to go over podfest.us. That's the place to go to find out about uh, about the Podfest Multimedia Expo happening in Orlando on February twenty third to twenty fifth. So uh, it's gonna be a great event, and if you're a podcaster, you're definitely going to want to consider uh, coming out and uh, hanging out, and if nothing else, uh, meeting uh, fellow podcasters, getting some education at the same time, and uh, if nothing else, it's a great way to to catch this movie when it's just initially released so uh definitely consider uh, getting a ticket and and uh, maybe doubling up bring the family down take them to disneyland on sunday after the event or uh, or is it disney world what is in florida disney world disney yeah world. disney world disney world or universal yeah. or anything else in orlando <laughs> yeah there's a ton of stuff so uh, my daughter's in tampa so i'm going to be definitely seeing her while i'm down there and uh actually one year out from our from her wedding <laughs> that's happening wow. in 2018. So yeah, we're, I think I'm bringing her a check, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, uh, we'll be on a regular schedule here. I think for at least the next couple of weeks for sure. We'll be back on Saturday. So if you have comments, uh, I guess Chris, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, Chris, C H R I S at podfest.us. So feel free to send me an email. If you have a question, uh, Chris at podfest.us and my name is spelled C-H-R-I-S and Rob how can they reach you um, just on Twitter is the best way um, at Rob Greenlee with two E's and also in, in email uh, Rob at robgreenlee.com or Rob at Spreaker.com and, and of course I'm Todd at newmediashow.com or you can follow me at Geek News uh, on Twitter or just search for my name on Facebook or anywhere. But uh, we want to thank all of you for hanging out with us today. And uh, we'll get some volume issues fixed on Rob's end for the next show. I'm, i got to tear into some cables. But uh, those of you that have been listening later, it doesn't matter. You had leveled audio already. But uh, until we uh, until next week, everyone, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on the New Media Show. Everyone, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.